Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of July 31, 2022. The Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association held its 76th annual conference and reunion this past weekend at the Ramada Inn Hotel in Louisville. Because of COVID, this was the first in-person reunion since 2019. Friday evening activities included the Cloyd Oaks flag ceremony and barbecue with a KSB update by school principal Peggy Sinclair Morris, bingo and trivia, and the alumni on the air broadcast on the radiostorm.com. Michael and Angie McCarty's internet radio station. There was a continental breakfast on Saturday morning. The business meeting included reports on the alumni's work with the Kentucky Historical Society of the Blind and the American Printing House, recognitions of KSB superintendents and administrators during the 75-year history of the alumni, and elections. After the memorial service, and lunch. The afternoon was free for swimming, renewing old friendships, and catching up on all the news. The reunion concluded with a traditional banquet. The banquet program was outstanding, and Adam Rushevel has edited it for time, so we can share it with you here on Soundprints. For more information about the KSB Alumni Association, and to find out how you can support our good work, contact Carla Rushevel Alumni Treasurer at 502-897-1472. For more information about Soundprints and to request a free subscription on CD, playable on any standard CD player, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. Page 2. Okay, thank you all very much for coming. My name is Adam Rushmore, and I'm the president of the Kentucky School for Blind Alumni Association, and very proud to be so. And I'd like to welcome you to the banquet of the 76th Kentucky School for Blind Alumni Reunion. Let's see, Michael and Angie are doing our, um, again, the radio storm on TuneIn uh, internet broadcasting, and we really appreciate that. And first up, we will have Elaine Weisbart to do our uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Elaine is one of our 50-year pen recipients for this evening. So, Elaine. Please stand, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now we will have Bradley Mann uh, to sing for us. Bradley? While the storm clouds gather far across the sea, let us swear allegiance to a land that's free. 
Let us all be grateful for a land so fair as we raise our voices in a humble with this special connection that we have because of our school 
and that we all think of each other as more than friends. We're we're truly a family, Lord. We're a KSB family, and we just we know that all of these things are are because of you, because you are in control of all things, Lord. And we just pray that you would bless this food, Lord, and may it nourish our bodies and keep us safe and healthy so we can come back together and do this again next year. All these things we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, Patty talks to tell us what we have to eat. What we have tonight is salad with ranch or Italian dressing, baked potato, you can add butter and sour cream and or. Um, we have green beans, macaroni and cheese, ham, and there is roasted chicken, and you can have either dark or white meats. For dessert, there is banana pudding with vanilla wafers on it, um, brownies, cookies, and lemon bars. Choices of drinks are, most of you all already have them, but just in case, is water, Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, and lemonade. And helping tonight is uh, David Cox, Samantha Hubbard, Chastity Starkey, Destiny Starkey, and Kirsty Dunn. And we'll break now while we eat and come back a little bit later. To get us started, I'm going to introduce uh, Debbie Desrich, our first vice president. And by tradition, our first vice president in the Today's Scope of the Association is our program chair. And she in turn will introduce uh, our uh, introducer of our program. So, uh, Debbie. We'd like to introduce Kenny Jones, and he is our newly elected president of the association. So, Kenny, uh, if you would come forward to introduce our speaker. Let's do that. Hello, everybody.
And the central figure to do just that has been Jan Williams. There's hardly a person in this room who is not familiar with the Williams family. Jan? <laughs> well, I guess there's not any know the Williams family. Of course, it consists of Jan, Ed, her husband, who's no longer with us, Sandra, Sandra, Sharon, and Crystal. After leaving KSB shortly uh, into the first year, the schools were fully desegregated. Jane completed her high school education in Chicago. After marriage and children, she and her family returned to, the Louisville, to Louisville over 20 years later, where she and Ed were employed and retired from the American Greenhouse for the Blind. Requests from Jane have been numerous to record her experiences at the student, as a student at KSB Color Department and her memories of desegregation. In addition to being featured during the, this past year's KSB Founders Day program, she was made available to share and address questions of her experiences at the archeological dig partnership between KSB and the University of Louisville. In the ongoing effort for the KSB Alumni Association to preserve KSB's history, it's not only fitting, but essential we capture Jan's memories. And we are thankful that she has accepted our invitation. So we are pleased, I am pleased, to introduce Jan Williams as our guest speaker. Thank you very much. You all can go to sleep now after that stranger's meal, and I'll wake you up when it's over. <laughs> My name is Janet Williams, and I was uh, from Bowling Green, Kentucky, and the cause of my blindness was uh, optic nerve damage. Prior to going to school, I got along with my playmates and friends very well, and I didn't think a thing about not being able to see. I got into all kinds of mischief. I climbed trees. I got a lot of bumps and bruises and had my share of skinned knees and elbows. Enjoyed it very much. When I first learned about the school for the blind, it was a hot, sultry summer day, and a car drove up, and of course I asked for curiosity, who's that? And my mother told me, well, it's somebody to come to see you. I said, who? Me? And it was Mr. and Mrs. Horton the principal and matron at that time that Mrs. Hart was called from the Kentucky School for the Blind Color Department. So they commenced to uh, tell me all about the school because prior to that, all of my friends and playmates had gone to school and I was wondering, when am I going to school? Nobody knew because no one had heard of the School for the Blind. 
And somehow or another, an insurance agent told my parents about Mr. and Mrs. Horton from Russellville, but they didn't tell me anything about it. So anyway, after they started to tell me all, all about the school, I was excited. And not knowing that I, never knowing whether I was going or not. So they left and I told my dog, I told my cat. I said, you know, I won't be able to play with you anymore because I'm going away. I wanted to school for the blind. And then I got to thinking, school for the blind? How are these people going to see what we're doing? Because, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. So on a, on a cool fall day, Mr. and Mrs. Horton came to my grandparents' house, who lived in Louisville, and took me to 260 Haldeman Avenue School, Kentucky School for the Blind, known as the Colored Department. Well, I was awestruck. I had never seen such a big place. All the echoes and and feelings of bigness as I roamed through the halls. And let me pause here to describe the building. It was a three-story building, and on the first floor was housed the teacher's dining room, the student's dining room, the band room, and a small laundry room, and sort of a half bath. And uh, on the second floor were two classrooms, uh, which comprised the, uh, from fifth grade to twelfth uh, grade, and the boys' dormitory, and the band leader's dorm uh, bedroom. Third floor was the classroom, the girls' dormitory, and uh, the principal, Mr. and Mrs. Horton's uh, rooms, the bedrooms. So I, like I said, I was very, I was awestruck. I was duly impressed. I couldn't wait till the next day. It was a Sunday morning that I came to school and I could not wait until Monday. I kept asking, when is Monday coming? When is Monday coming? And they said, well, you have to sleep first. And I said, well, I'm awake. I want to go now. But anyway, when, when I first came to the classroom, uh, I made my first mistake. And when I think about it, it was a grave mistake. You know, you saying good morning to you. That, that's the song that you sang. So I said, well, I know a song. And so, oh, you do? I said, yes. So I know a lot of you are familiar with You Made Me Lose My Happy Home. <laughs> well, that's what I commenced to attempt to sing, only it was an early rendition of it. And I said, oh, well, not that. I said, oh, you mean Jesus loves me? I think they were a little more satisfied with that. <laughs> but in turn, I learned to sing Good Morning to You. And, but then that was my first mistake my first day of school. My second mistake, I was always listening because after they had 
introduced me to Braille and it, uh, gave me a few cards with A, B, and C. And I said, well, what happened to the rest? Because I knew my alphabet, and I was thinking I was going to get everything at once. But anyway, I made my second grave mistake. Spelling came along. <laughs> and so they said to... You know, they start to spell words and everything. So I said, I can spell something. And I guess they were expecting me to spell dog and cat, which I knew how to spell. But they said, what can you spell? I said, Mississippi. And all of the oohs and ahs that erupted. And so, well, well, how do you spell it? And I said, yeah, my crooked letter, crooked letter, I crooked letter, crooked letter, I'm back by. Well... Apparently, my cousin had taught me the wrong way. <laughs> In time, I learned to spell Mississippi. Well, school life went on, and in grades, I learned, you know, I went along. But uh, it, was the, it was run like a regular residential facility. We got up, got up very early, 6.15 or so in the morning have breakfast at 7.15, and school started at 8, 8 o'clock until 3.15. Let me pause again and say that uh, the uh, third floor where I said there was one classroom, the teacher taught four grades from kindergarten through fourth. That was Mary Ella Crenshaw. And she was a very, very good teacher. We all loved her. And then uh, on the second floor was fifth grade, and there was Mr. Harden. He was a principal, and he also taught the higher grades from 9 through 12. And Susie Kaufman, which some of you might know, yes. she taught fifth through eighth grades. And Otis Eads was a phenomenal band teacher. And we didn't have very many students. We had about, oh, at one time we would have about 15 students and everyone played some kind of instrument. I played the triangle, I was six, and I played the triangle. I said, I want to play. And I played about two years. And then I played the bass drum for a couple of years. Then a baritone horn became available. And I said, I want to play that. They said, oh, well, you can't pick it up. Mr. Reed said, well, if she can pick it up, she can play. And so I did. I was able to pick it up. We, we had a phenomenal band. Just, it, it was just awesome. We went from town to town in Kentucky and participated in a lot of churches and played for graduations and so forth and so on. As you see, I'm going from one thing to another because it's hard to get everything in at once. My memories are so, I have so many of them. <laughs> and anyway, uh, our programs were, were, were good. We were girl. We had Girl Scouts. We participated in selling cookies, and Girl Scout cookies. At that time, they were what 
40 cents a box. All of that was, that was a high price. That was a high. We went all around Frankfurt Avenue, we, I did, and uh, we were approached with all kinds of things. Well, well, I can't buy any today, I've got the flu. Just, but we'll give you a nickel, so that's what we got. <laughs> it was fun. But anyway, uh, all of us had a part to play in, in, in the school. A lot of times we didn't have janitors, and so the boys had to uh, be taught by Mr. Horton. He was, and they mopped floors and stuff and, and things of that nature, and the girls, the older girls participated in home economics and cooking and and so it you know gave us a sense of independence because it served us well as we you know got out on our own we also took care of our uh, dining room facilities we washed the dishes and set the table for the the next meal and all in all my, my experiences were just, they, they were just phenomenal, really. I had more good than, than bad, that, that is for sure. We, you know, did a, a lot of, you know, programs, and like I said, all over the state, the band did, and and we got paid for some things that we did, <laughs> and so that was good. And that takes care of, of more or less the school life in general. Uh, it was, like I said, it was controlled with, with, you know, just like any other residential uh, facility. Well, 1955 came, and so that summer, Mr. and Mrs. Horton came to our house in, in, in Bowling, Kentucky, and she said, you're going to go to the other school in September. Well, now I knew where the school was on Frankfurt Avenue, I knew where it was, and but we would only go there if we... Uh, had to see the nurse or had to have vaccinations and shots and all of that. And but we, they said that we were going to have classes there and that we were going to eat our breakfast, you know, our meals at the, on Haldeman. So uh, we knew, I mean, I knew some of the kids over, you know, in Frankfurt. I, I knew them. Uh, from various visits, and we talked, and you know, I had no qualms about talking and, and playing with them. We sometimes we play games and, and so forth and so on. But anyway, on September, I can't recall exactly what day it was, in 1955, we all tramped over through the woods to 1867 Frankfurt Avenue. And we were duly met by teachers and students. And also, 
I was met by a hurricane because it was in that same year and during that same time that Hurricane Janet breathes her way in. So it's an air coincidence. <laughs> but it, it, it was fun. I had no fears. I, I, it was a new to me. It was a new beginning. They accepted us or accepted me. And, you know, they would, somebody would come up and say, well, you're in my science class or you're in my English class. And, and that just, you know, made me feel, you know, at home because to me it didn't matter. I was going to school and I was always had that incentive to learn and to be independent. As I said, we were partially integrated, and that was because Paul J. Langdon at that time, who was the superintendent of Kentucky School for the Blind, had gone to Illinois, uh, to Jacksonville, Illinois, where they, would, of course, were integrated. He thought, well, you know, he wanted to see how that worked here. Uh, I, I forgot to mention that they had a wrestling program, and the boys from various schools from the blinds, if there were any blacks, they would stay at the uh, uh, our school on Holloman Avenue. But anyway, Mr. Langdon thought that it would be a good idea to see how we would do here. And, and that first year was, was really good, and I must say I got good grades. <laughs> so that made it even better. And uh, so the second year that we were we were totally integrated, and which I only stayed for a couple of months because my uh, family got employment in Chicago, so we immediately moved there. And but my experiences in both schools were were great. I wanted to learn. I, it was a measure of independence. So when I ended at the at the black school, I figured it was the end of an era. And when I went over to Frankfurt Avenue, it was a new beginning. And if it were at all possible to turn back the hands of time, I would do it all again. Thank you very much. You know, thank you very much, Jan. That was that was wonderful, um, Mr. President. Do we have time for maybe maybe two or three questions? I believe we do. Well, uh, some more here. What I would like to ask is, do you have any memories or uh, reflections on your dorm experience at the school? Do you uh, have any memories of your dorm experience? My dorming? In what respect? Well, you, what type of things did you all do in the dorm yeah. after school? After school? In the evenings and that sort of thing. <laughs> well, um, a lot of the times we would 
oh, and have uh, wiener roasts and, and, and things of that nature, or go downstairs and and play around with a lot of the musical instruments, or go into the. There was a room that was a chapel, and uh, that we called the chapel, and we would read books and uh, so forth. I'm going to ask the question, and um, and I don't know if you have memories of this or not, but uh, do you think that any of the black students, when they heard that they were going to, um, you know, the, the school on Frankfurt Avenue had fears, or perhaps uh, the parents had fears, probably more so than the, than, the, than the students, that maybe perhaps didn't even return to the school. Uh, I have no recollection of that. Uh, the, the ones that I knew always, they, they went. The ones that were, they, you know, I knew. The ones that wouldn't return to school would be the tiny ones, and like, their parents would come and leave them, and then they would cry, and the and the parents would immediately take them home, and you never heard heard from them again. And I was so fortunate that I was not one of those people. <laughs> We're fortunate too. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have separate, I guess they had separate graduations uh, for uh, the seniors when they uh, graduated? When we, our first year uh, that we were partially graduated, there was only one person from the black school that graduated. And boy, did they give her gifts. I mean, she received a typewriter, braille writer. I don't have that today. <laughs> Never. <laughs> braille watch. Wow. Perhaps one more question. Uh, this is Billy Gill. Uh, I just want to, I know you talked about the band and all that, and played you know, different instruments and all that. I just want to, uh, did y'all do any type of sports or anything? And did y'all do any competitions with the sports? It sounds kind of muffled. Any kind of sports? Were there any type of sports? Uh, just, just wrestling. Oh, just wrestling. Wrestling. Not all. There was the only sport. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much again, Jan. That was just uh, outstanding. And uh, we definitely appreciate uh, you taking the time to come and share those experiences. The 1997 class, our 25-year graduates. The members of that class were Erica Mint, Josh Kaplinger, Kevin Hoskins, Josh Jeffrey, Angie Caton, who's she? <laughs> uh, Robert Scott and Charles Turner. Tonight, Angie Caton McCarty is here with us. And we also have another person who graduated in 1997, who did not graduate from KSB, but um, as, as most of you know, if you do not graduate from KSB, but you graduate from another school, 
in the same year that you would have graduated had you been at KSB, you can request to receive your pin. And Mary Davis Bartley has done just that. And so we have two people who are gonna receive their pins this year. And that would be Angie and Mary. Angie, if you would come first and uh, receive your 25 year pin. And if you'd like to say a few words, we'd love to hear from you. got fresh fresh batteries <laughs> <laughs> right. recharged that's right sometimes we feel like we could use some fresh batteries so oh my goodness you know I've had 25 years to think about this and even today I'm still not quite sure what I was gonna say so I'm just gonna speak from my heart and uh, I have so many things I could talk about but um, I remember years ago when I was a teenager sitting in the cafeteria at KSB during our alumni reunion, watching my daddy get his 25-year pin. And um, a lot of you know that KSB is a, is a family tradition for me. <laughs> my grandmother was a student at KSB. My aunt, my uncle, I had cousins and maybe a few other folks that I might not even know about, I don't know. But we have such a big family. But um, I'm just so grateful to God that my parents made the decision to send me to KSB. It completely changed my life and um, put me on the road to where I am today. So, um, But I've been thinking about my daddy a lot lately uh, with this day coming. And so I just, I guess I'm just gonna accept this pen in memory of him. We have your pen. Thank you so much, Angie. And you're a, certainly a shining example of KSB's uh, former students. Thank you. Mary Bartley, Mary Davis Bartley, and Mary graduated from Central uh, in 1997. Had she remained at KSB, she would have graduated in this class. So Mary is here, and Mary, if you'd like to come and say a few words, we'd love to hear from you.
programs, Windows 95, DOS. And I think about Miss Wilson who taught us computer all this stuff, and I was like, you know what she being used to know. And I still remember things like, you know, slash kill command, not that I use that at work, but you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know if I would have been as successful, you know, in my early years and throughout middle school and everything. So, uh, yeah, family tradition, like many of us, like Angie and several other people, uh, I think Kevin Hoskins and her, David Hoskins, they are from families, a lot of us are. Uh, my father, my grandfather, I think one of my uncles, it's a family tradition, so I felt that, uh, you know, I too should come and receive my 25-year pin, because, you know, I put in my time, I earned all that, and KSB helped me to earn successes that I have today, so uh, thank you everybody, and Yay, class of 97. Mary, here's your pen. And congratulations. And, you know, being back in that far back century, um, I had the privilege of being in school with your, your all's parents and, and knew them well. So congratulations. They, they produced good stock. So thank you. All right, that was the class of 97, Carla. Okay, 1972, that's the 50-year class. And in that class was Kevin Bailey, Linda Beatty, Ben Wickler, Daniel Kamek, Sheila Chapman, Elaine Harris-Weisbart, Deborah Huggins, June Jackson, Otis Miller, and Brenda Richardson, Estelle Simpson, Amy Stiles, Ella Street, and Leonard Butch Watkins, and Dina Wilson Keck. Tonight, we have Elaine Weisbart with us. And Elaine, if you would come up and uh, you want to talk a little bit about KSB, and Adam will present you with your pen. As I was thinking of this 50 years pen, I was thinking about all my life that I have gone through. When I went to KSB for a year and a half, I first came and the housekeeper woman, she helped me to overcome how to not be so sick at dinner at home. And she really helped me through all those times. I um, also, I learned how to learn with life with my eyes. Mr. Evans, he was a dear person and he helped me to get a job at the St. Mary's Elizabeth Hospital as a doctor technician. I, he learned me how to get through life and with KSD helping me, I learned how to deal with my eyesight. I had recognized pigmentosis, but he let me learn how to deal and how to go on with life. And I'm very thankful KSD. If it hadn't been for them, I would not have learned how to deal with my life. And it's just a pleasure to know that you can go on with life without having to set up the walls and you can keep going and keep moving on with your life. And you know, God is with me when I was learning to do this and that, 
and thankful for all the friends that helped me deal with life in my life. And I want to say, thankful for this 50-year pen. It means a lot to me in my life and what KSP means to me. And also, they helped me to learn how to get involved with the, um, um, the Alumni Association and the thing. And it helped me to learn through looking at people's lives through this organization. It helped me to go on with life and it helped me to show what people go through and what they deal with that you could go on there no matter what you have in life. Yes. And, and you don't have to look at the wall. I'd like to say thank you and for all you've done in my life for KSB and thank you for this 50 year period. Thank you very much. So thank you, Elaine. You're welcome, thank you. All right, Carla, our next class. Yeah, I just want to make another comment um, about the 50-year class. When I came in to the hotel about a week ago um, to just kind of, you know, we were planning and so on, and we walked into the atrium, and I realized that Butch Watkins wasn't going to be there. And, um, and Butch was was always there. Butch was in his class. And it was just, you know, I guess that just kind of hit, you know, Butch just didn't make it through COVID. And I just wanted us to all remember Butch. He was a very special person. The class of 1947 is our 75-year class. And members in that class were Oak Campbell, Ernest Hutchinson, Lynn Mitchell, and Peggy Vallandigham Peak. And tonight, Michael has Peggy on the phone. <laughs> Peggy is in Texas and obviously can't be here, but because we have a, sort of a, a semi-hybrid meeting here with uh, some virtual components and also the um, also, the radio storm helping out. Um, we're able to have Peggy in, in our banquet. So, Michael, if you can help us with that. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> <laughs> I live here now and have for six years. But it's nice to be invited to alumni convention. I graduated 75 years ago, 1947, and Carla wanted me to talk a little bit about how it was back then, and I'm sure it's changed a lot in those 75 years. Uh, and afterwards, I'll answer any questions that you all have time or want answered. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Yes. 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 You're coming yes. through just perfect, loud and clear. Okay. Well, <laughs> I started there uh, in the third grade. I went to the Indianapolis school for the blind for two years. And 
I thought it was Charles Glass. And I'm trying to remember a little bit about the different grades, what was unique about them. And I would say the third grade was pencil writing. Uh, well, the first grade, even though I wasn't there, Ms. Hurtworth taught about everybody how to say their <clears throat> multiplication table uh, through 12. And I don't think you find that in any school nowadays. But uh, that was what she was known for. And then Miss Child was for pencil writing. And each week we would have time to write on a pencil board a letter home. Most of the kids stayed at the school. Uh, I went home on Wednesday night and went back on Thursday and then went home on Friday and came back on Sunday or Monday morning. Uh, then fifth grade was a very impressive grade. Miss Allen was one of the best teachers I had. And she taught us, and I think it's still up there somewhere, a big wooden map. And it had 120 counties of Kentucky, which we had to memorize and say them and point them out on that big map. Uh, maybe some of you all had to do that after our grade, I'm not sure. And every morning, I don't know if they're still doing it, we had prayers in the lecture room, and the teacher would read out the Bible, and then we had the prayer, and we have a hymn, and then we would have start our first class. Uh, one thing that was different about our classes was the girls and the boys sat separately. They were not allowed to talk to each other and they put a row of seats in between the girls on their side of the room and the boys. And this was through all of high school, as long as Catherine Moriarty was there. She was the superintendent. And in fact, what makes me think of it is because I went to church at the Baptist church there and I had a D or an F, I don't remember which, on my report card for behavior problems. My mom asked why and said because I talked to a boy at church. <laughs> school. Uh, so, 
I'm sure it wouldn't remind me of his name now because he's long gone and dead gone. Maybe some of you knew him here from Hopkinsville. All right. Thank you. Good night. This morning at our Connecticut for Blind Alumni Association business meeting, uh, I, as president, thank our board, not only from this year, but with the COVID uh, for last year too, uh, for being such a good board and, and help, helping me out. I, I think that I have looked pretty good as president, but the reason for that is, is that have to have a good board to do that and and it's like a coach you know a coach looks pretty good if he has a good team and the same way with the president of the alumni you have to have a good board uh, to look at and I, I do want to thank them and also if, if Kenny is here uh, would you like to come up and uh, just say something about your upcoming board thank you Adam I cannot begin to uh, say anything about the, the, the wonderful board that uh, is in place uh, that we elected today without again thanking the previous board who I you know, had the pleasure to serve with the past uh, three or so, four years, however many years it's been. And also the uh, president uh, who guided that board. So with that, uh, as an outgoing president, I would really appreciate it. You know, did this this morning, but you can't do it enough to thank Adam for the wonderful job that he's done, uh, not throughout only the last six years that he's served, but uh, you know, he served as president and I'm sure many other capacities throughout uh, you know his time uh, with the alumni. So please just give him a big round of applause. <laughs> But let me, I guess, I have the privilege to introduce uh, the new board. Of course, I was elected, not of course, but through the grace of God, I was elected as president. Uh, serving as first vice president will be Debbie Etheridge. Second vice president is Shirley Kane, who was also a president. Third vice president will be Billy. Billy Wright, he's newly elected. Um, secretary will be uh, Deanna Scoggins. And treasurer, she better stay on there for a while, it's going to be Carl Russell. Uh, the directors are Joey Couch, uh, Kendall Perry, Ashley Swafford, and... Eric, Eric Stan, who was on last year's board as well. So uh, I am looking forward to uh, working with this board. And again, it is a privilege, such a privilege. I, when I got the phone call, um, you know, I, I had, let me go back a little bit. I had hoped to have served as president for this organization someday, but I did not expect that day to be today. I expect it to be maybe a few years down the road. But with that, I will do my best to lead this organization. As you, if you're attending the business meeting, 
this morning. We have a lot going on. Uh, we are involved in several projects, um, and I am blessed, fortunate to hopefully lead this organization, and it's going to take a team effort with the board, and you all out there as well, even if you're not a board member, to help us move these things along. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.